the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The command is simple. Draw near to God. So where do we find the strength and the desire to do just that? We'll find out next on Truth For Today. Say you can't swim, and I save you from drowning. I would imagine you would be pretty grateful to me for quite a long time. Well, Jesus has saved us from something far greater than a simple drowning. An eternity, a Christless eternity in hell. Welcome, this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. And if you ever need a reason to serve God and draw near to Him in delight, It is that simple fact that He has redeemed, He has saved us. Let's explore this truth a bit more, shall we? Here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Do you thirst? You know, when you want to sin, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord doesn't hear me. He doesn't want me unless I want to confess it and get right. But as long as that sin's got you by the throat, uh, you'll, you'll feel far, far from God. Draw, draw near to God. Draw near. I often think the night I got saved, I was saved with my brother and his boys. I was on the second row right there where Jonathan is. Little Pentecostal church in South Richmond. Just a Tuesday night meeting, you know. Nobody goes Tuesday night but the elect. And, uh, there weren't many of us. And it seemed so hard. I, I grew up old-fashioned, boy. We went to altars. You know, we had altars. You prayed through at the altar. It seemed like a million miles from that second row to going and kneeling down front and saying, I wanted Christ. Then it hit me one day. He just asked you to come two, from two rows back. I'll I'll come as far as I can come. I'll come from glory to Calvary. What are you willing to do to get close to God? I am thine, O Lord, I've heard thy voice. And it told thy love to me, but I long to rise in the arms of faith and be closer drawn to thee. Draw me closer. Draw me nearer. Nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, nearer to thy precious bleeding side. Depth of mercy, can there be mercy still reserved for me? Can my God his wrath forbear? Me, the chief of sinners, spare? Whence to me this waste of love? Ask my advocate above. See the cause in Jesus' face now before the throne of grace. I have long withstood his grace, long provoked him to his face, would not hearken 
to his cause, grieved him by a thousand falls. There for me the Savior stands. Show his wounds and spread his hands. God is love, his grace so free. Depth of mercy there for me. Charles Wesley. Depth of mercy. Well, he moves from our vertical and us going to God to hold on to your hope. And uh, here these Jewish converts and those being exposed to the letter of Hebrews were being tempted, go back, go back, go back. And after they put faith, no doubt they're saying, I, I wonder if I'll get what he said. I wonder if all will be fulfilled. I, I, I've trusted Christ. I left the synagogue. My parents have put me out of their home. I, I wonder if I made the right choice. And he's saying, don't let us hold on to our hope. Hold on. The gospel brings the promise of more to come. And let us, can, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. And our hope is, I've trusted Christ and no one else. Christ, not sacrifices. Christ, not Judaism. Christ, not any other name. I trust Christ. He said, hold on to that hope. For faithful is he who promised. Listen to me. Listen. A promise is no better than the person who made it. That's profound if you can get it. You know, my kids, little kids, you know, grandchildren. Oh, I'll give, I'll give you some money. You know, don't put your confidence in that. Whole lot of folks, I don't have any hope in what they say. But when God says something, faithful is he who promised, he will keep his word. He will, not because you're such a great believer, but because he's a great promise giver. And he cannot lie. He cannot deny himself. He will carry through. He will carry through. And now, after he says, you hold on, you draw nigh. He says, by the way, this is what I want you to be doing to my people and for my people. Let's listen to what he says. Verse 24. And let us consider how to irritate one another (laughs) to love and good works. Did you know that is the first meaning of this word? It literally was used of irritation. And, And so... If you have a King James Bible, older translations, you might remember, provoke one another. You remember that? Provoke one another. Now, let me ask you if I said, uh, uh, you said, but boy, they just provoke me. Would that be positive or negative? Can't hear you. Yeah, yeah. But that's what the word was. Its secondary meaning was stimulate. Or uh, basically motivate somehow to do the right. Have you ever had anybody that your relationship to them, you'd say, they're like a thorn in my side. This is part of this word's meaning. And uh, I don't know anybody who does this in the church 
except for the preacher and people get mad at him. How to stir up, don't provoke me, don't irritate me, stimulate maybe, but, but the idea here is you need one another, and when a man is dying of frostbite, he needs stimulation. Wake up, wake up. You, you went to sleep because you're dying of cold. Wake up, walk, rub your arms, do something. What are you doing? I'm stimulating you so your blood keeps flowing so you don't die of freezing to death. And he's saying saints need to be stimulated because the age gets colder and living for God seems real lonely in a wicked world. Stimulate one another when you're with them. Stimulate them to good works. You know what? I have to make a confession. I've never been a fan of uh, small group studies. I really haven't. But I am now more than ever because I don't think you could do verse 24 and 25 corporately. I'll give you an example. Now, my dear friend Jim Snyder came up and prayed for me today. That was the first. Uh, ever since I've been here today, nobody stimulated me to love and good works. Who stimulated you since you've been here today? To love and good works. I didn't go down to church to be stimulated people. I went down to sing and hear the word. Yes, Miss Irritable. Where do you do this? Where do you do? Not the preacher. He's talking to all the saints. Where do you stimulate people to good works? Do you have a stimulus effect or an irritable effect? I'll tell you, I'd rather be irritated into good works than just to go to sleep and do none. I grew up, I grew up with irritable preachers and sermons that weren't afraid of any of you. They told us to pray, to get with it, to live holy, or you're going to hell. This culture is so mamby-pamby, let's be sure the coffee's the right kind. Right temperature. Be sure they like us. Be sure everything is nice and syrupy. And and nobody provokes you for God. Because the pulpit has been emasculated and tamed. There's no fire in pulpits. Especially for pastors. Because you've got to get along, you know, with everybody. Well, if God can't get along with you, how do you expect me to? Ask Moses. Man, these saints were chewing on him all the... How would you like to lead that two million bunch of murmuring believers? My lands. It's strong. They're fighting for their faith. They're holding on. Everything's to go back. And then I gather with the saints. And what I see here, most likely, see, I used to be down on small group studies because I, this kind of way. There seemed to be one of two kinds. You either had a Bible study with a real gangbuster teacher. And usually in that setting, which I would be in, I was the teacher. Little discussion. One-way communicator. 
me. Or my, my thought was you go to these kind that everybody was asked, what does that verse mean to you? I said, what does that verse mean to you? That's not what it means. Well, it makes me feel this way. I, that's not what it says. I looked at the Greek. Well, I don't know Greek. Well, you shouldn't be teaching. Well, what do you do at your study? Well, we pray together. We encourage one another. Uh, there's one of our sisters in the group needed a little money. Uh, just went through a divorce and broke. So we took a little collection and helped them. Uh, we had them in our home. Uh, she made some friendship. Matter of fact, we're going to meet at Starbucks during the week. You did what? That doesn't sound like getting into the Word. I want the Word. What about getting into the body? What about getting into the lives? So you come in here, and you sit down in the pew, and say, go to it, Howard. We know you found out what the verse means. Stimulate us. And don't say anything that'll make us mad. By all means. And some of you got mad when you just saw me. I hadn't said anything. You're already guilty. Here is a one another. I'm telling you Christians, you Christians, let me ask you, who have you stimulated to love and good works since you've been here today? Most likely, none of you. Maybe in the Sunday school class, our core value class, David's class. Hey, that's okay. I want you to feel guilty. I don't think this is the likely context that this kind of activity happened. I think we've got to get in smaller groups for it to happen. For, so that introverts won't be shut down or shut out. And that what we need is not just more knowledge of the Bible, and I happen to love the Bible, but we need uh, to get over the loneliness of American culture, the isolation, and the non-functioning of the body God wants you to encourage somebody. Thank you, whoever that was. You. I mean, many a church, I mean, their opening hymn ought to be where seldom is heard an encouraging word. Home, home on the range. You know, I, I know some people really, the only time I hear from them is when they have a criticism. I never hear an encouraging word. They think they have the gift of criticism. <laughs> They've got indigestion. That's not a gift. Are you negative about God's church? Well, I'll tell you one reason it's in the shape it's in. You. I, I've had people come to this church and they'll do a quick appraisal. Boy, your people aren't real deep, are they? Your people aren't really. I said, no, maybe that's why God sent you. But I'm afraid we're worse off. Because you showed up. Anybody can x-ray us. It takes more than an x-ray to get you well. Well, he goes on. Um, Not neglecting to meet together. That is a pitiful translation. Uh, And this is an ESV. So you, you say, man, that's weak. New American Standard, and I think King James, the word ought to be translated, not forsaking. 
That's the word. It's not, I casually miss a service. Uh, we went on vacation. I'm sick. By the way, in America, the average attendance in American church going is twice a month. So if you come more than twice a month, we can nominate you as a super saint. I mean, how many were here last uh, Sunday night when we heard five of our deacons give their testimony? Anybody disappointed that you came? No. No, no. The, I mean, but, but I know you've got to be a fanatic to ever come out Sunday night, even once a month. That's, only the fanatics do that. I, any of my people here came that felt we backslid when we quit meeting every Sunday night because we went all day all of our lives? Anybody here? Any, any of the chosen few? Okay. Some of you are just too uh, lazy. You, you, you never got the habit. Feel beat up, you, you take to the Lord, get over it. You can't meet with him enough when you're being persecuted, suffering, talked out of your faith. All of this, as my father used to say, and an Edwin Chandra testifies, my dad said, I work with women chasers, boozers, fighters, godless men all week. I can't wait to meet with people who love his name and love his word. I'm with the world all week. I want to get with some saints that love his name. Now, listen to what it says. This word for uh, forsaken, get this word. See if you get the meaning of it. Here's the word. I'm using it in the Greek. My God, my God, why have you neglected me? Come on, correct me. Edit. Forsaken me. That's the word. He's going to go into apostasy in the next section. If you turn back on the sun, you're going to hell. If you treat the blood that's been described in this book as an unclean thing, you're going to hell. If you do despite the spirit of God and you don't want it, you're going to hell. There's no hope for you. And yet one of the warning symptoms happens to be you forsaken meeting with the people of God who know him. Because you no longer have the appetite. He says, not forsaking, abandoning, leaving in the lurch, meeting together, as is the habit of some. I've seen it. I've seen people, they'll quit coming in a little bit longer, a little bit longer, a little bit longer. Then then they're gone. People are like, where are they? They're back in sin. Because you see, we're like coals of a fire. You isolate that coal and it will cool off. You've got to be all bunched together to keep the heat. It's a cold day, friend. We've got to be together. We've got to be together. We're the minority, a big minority. There's only a few of us in this country that know him. And it's getting worse. The younger generation, I'm not about a young people's church either. I'm about whoever's in the church that knows Christ. I want to meet with them. I don't care what your age is. I don't care how long you've been on this earth. Do you love him? Do you love his name? Do you want to gather together? Who puts that in your heart? God does. I was amazed with my father. My, many of my mother's people had moved to the L.A. area working in the tire factories down there. And 
most of our people were not churchgoers and uh, they'd go down, and I remember going down, we'd see my Aunt Bernice, my Uncle Mac. We'd go to L.A. and be with uh, her people. And, uh, oh, boy, they love to uh, cuss the Republicans. They, they love coffee and cigarettes. I'm telling you, they had a time. They were fun, but they, most of them didn't know God. I remember as a kid, you know, I'd wake up early, like kids do, and I'd go in there, and so many times I'd uh, I'd go see my mother. Said, "Where's Dad?" I said, "Where's Dad?" He's gone. She said, you, "You know him. He's out looking up a bunch of saints somewhere. He's got to be in church on Sunday." I said, "What?" He said, "Yeah, yeah." And then we—he's a whistler. You could hear him when he's coming in. He'd be whistling one of the songs, talking, and he said. I don't care how small the group gets that loves Jesus and his name. I'm going to be there. What about you? What about you? Are you right now forsaking? You're here today spatially, but you're already planning your escape. You drag in and you run out, you know. Are you planning it? Do you want to forsake the church? All I could say is, the far country is desperate. It's cold. There's no God out there. There's no God. Why don't you come home? Why don't you get next to the table? Why don't you get next? Why don't you be reignited again? And then he goes on to say, listen. But encourage one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Some take that day to be the destruction of Jerusalem, 70 A.D. I understand it to be the coming of the Lord. You don't know. They, they saw all kinds of signs. Draw near is what I want you to do. Cling to your hope is what I want you to do. And oh, would you desperately help my people who need stimulation for its cold. I want them to love. I want them to keep up good works. And I want every saint in every row today, you become an encourager of fellow believers. And if you're not, you're not obeying the verse. Too many of us professionals are ruining the church because you pay us to be good, and the rest of you are good for nothing. Got us up here as the stars. There are no stars meant for the true church of Christ, but Christ alone. We are servants. And if we will do this, when you come down here, this ought to be, now you've got to be spiritual to catch this, a spiritual massage parlor. Stimulating. Don't, don't go any other way. You've got to be spiritual. Stay with me. Wake up. Wake up, boy. Wake up. And I'm telling you, I have to say, I wonder why I grew so much in a small church that didn't know one hundredth of the theology we teach here. You know why? My aunts, my uncles, my brothers, my sisters, all of my family went to that little south side church. You couldn't get in and out of the building that night without three exhortations, three encouragements, and five warnings. <laughs> Why don't you exhort? Turn off the blasted TV. 
Your kids are going after sin, going to hell, and we can't stop long enough to stimulate our own to God and good works. Oh, we're timid. The church is tame, and she's as cold as she can be, and she's getting colder by the moment. He said, unless he shortened those days, only the elect would be saved because it's going to get cold and colder. We need stimulation. We need the fire. We need to thaw out. And with that, we come to the end of our time together here on Truth For Today, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. As we close out our program today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the broadcast has encouraged you, has ministered to your walk and relationship with Christ. Now, there are a couple of ways that you can contact us. By phone, obviously the easiest, 855 833 9864. Again, simply call 855-833-9864. You can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is the zip code. Now, the easiest way to get in touch with us would be through our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, as you stop by, you'll be able to drop us an email, but then take advantage of the many resource materials we have available, again, there at truthfortodayradio.org. You'll also be able to find out more about Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, who we are, what we believe, worship times, directions, and the like. Again, truthfortodayradio.org, or again, simply call 855-833-9864. Would you also bear in mind this radio broadcast is available through listener support. As you link arms with us financially, we are able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. So please consider that as you contact us. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.